This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into this episode of At The Turn. I don't know what episode it is. I think it's 71, 72, somewhere in that nature. This is ostensibly our PGA Championship preview because, Nick, if I'm not mistaken, it is the strongest field in golf. It is the strongest field in golf. Professional golf. It's the strongest field. Yeah, we're very excited about and it. And if you and if you believe professional golf is stronger than amateur golf, then therefore it is the strongest field in all of golf. I mean, if you can sit there and look me in the face as a human being and a golf person and tell me this tournament means more than the Masters Invitational mm. Tournament. Mm. Mm. I just, nobody said means more, just said strongest <laughs> field. All right, that's fair. And we'll get to our preview those of you that are familiar with how we do things, we'll talk about the major itself. We'll talk about the tournament. Nick, I had an experience today. I didn't think I was going to, and I have to talk to you about it. I need to hear about it right now. So the preeminent pitch and putt golf course in the Portland metropolitan area is McMinnam and Jedsfield. So, they have 32 holes of pitch and putt out of the commitments. They have a west course that's 20 holes and an east course that is 12 holes. And I'm going to tell you this much. I've made an ace out there before. Good. The, the third date that I had with Lacey, who's the gal I'm still with six years later. God bless her. Mm. She's still with me. I made an ace. And that was my first hole in one. And because it's the pitch and putt, because it's a 70-yard shot, I've always sort of had this weird indifference about whether or not it counts, whether or not I've actually made a hole-in-one. And it's been this thing that sort of tugged at me because from then until now, which has been a five, six-year period, I have not made another hole-in-one. So it's always been this sort of ambiguous, eh, I've kind of made an ace. Eh, I kind of haven't. And so today, it is my dear friend Tabby's birthday. August 1st. And so she's like, I want to play the 20 pitch and putt golf holes on the West golf course at the commitment Sedgefield. And I said, Tab, that's a great idea. I love, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, please interject. I love Tabby being not only a West coaster, being from Portland, Oregon, but being dedicated to the West 
side of the course on your pitch and putt. Like, just a true west, west, the west of the west. You know what I mean? That's what I like to say. The west of the west. 100%. I can really, I can really feel that. As somebody who is, is kind of missing those west coast roots, I call Idaho the west coast. So, you know, say Oof. what you want to say. I That's do, tough. though. I That's do. Don't, no shame in my game. I am a West Coaster. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll say this for Tab. Tab's got a mean cut. She made a birdie on four. She had a couple of other looks. And perhaps the ales of McMinimus Enchfield got the best of her because that was her only circle today. But it was a good round from Tab. Mad respect. Happy birthday. So, Nick, we're on the 13th hole. And I had a tee shot, and it looks great. And as it's in the air, everyone is joking, oh, it's going to go in, it's going to go in, it's going to go in. It lands about an inch from the hole, spins back. Everyone's like, ah, oh, I hit the flag. Joe, what are you doing? Joe, you suck. Joe, let's make fun of Joe. Mm. And you look at the ball mark, and it's about an inch or two away from the hole. And, you know, I I, I tap it in for the bird. I'm not going to act like I played great. I, I nice, shot nice, nice, nice bird. Yeah, exactly. I shot, I shot four over. Let's all relax, first of all. When we get to the next tee box, the 14th hole, and my buddy Andy, Tabby's wife, husband. Oof. Husband, please. Yeah, thank you. There it is. We'll we had some post. beers. Humidity is at 70%. We're not used to that on the West Coast. <laughs> I know that's nothing for, out you, for, for you, Nick, but that is a lot for us out here. So we get to the 14th tee box, and Andy's like, oh, what are you going to? You're not going to make it? Why don't you just make it? So I drop my golf ball. I tee it up. I make a big swing. One hop. She's in for an ace. Mm. Folks, I made an ace. They name all the holes out of McMiniman's Edgefield like it's Augusta. So we have Craig, Topsy Turvy, Flash Flood. I happen to make my hole in one on number 14, 57 yards, Amoeba. Amoeba. Where are you getting that tattooed, Joe? <laughs> well, they have a fun book that you sign in the clubhouse, and they have a drawing at the end of the year. And they pull a name out of the hat, and they say, this person wins four nights, all expenses paid, vacation to Bandon Dunes. And I'm like, For this is real? great. Yeah. Oh, shit. So if you made an ace on any hole, so if you made, you, made a hole, you made an ace on Amoeba, you're in a competition with everybody else who aced Amoeba in 2020. To go to Bandon? Any hole. Any, any hole. hole. Any hole. But I will say this. They, they have almost sign... had name in there twice. Well, here's the thing. They have you sign a book like one of those big old school like gift certificate ledgers. The last ace that was made at McMinimus Edgefield. And folks, there's 32 chances to win big out there. June 27th was the last time someone made a hole in one out of McMinimus Edgefield. So it has been a while. June 27th, so... 2020? Of this year, no one's made an ace for July. They went, they went over July out there. <laughs> so that the was fun spent enough. Thirty-four days. So here was the thing, man. Like I went into the clubhouse. We all got the masks on. There were some kids who were about to tee off, and I'm like, you know, good karma. I got to put this good karma out in the world. I'm gonna buy their drinks. It's gonna be good. I bought the drinks. I went in the car. I got home. You know, I had a little photo shoot a fashion shoot with my friends. And I posted on Twitter. And this is this is not going to mean much to you, but those folks who listen in Portland, 
we had a legendary broadcasting crew out in Portland, Oregon for the Portland Trailblazers for a long time. The Mikes, Mike Barrett and Mike Rice. So to give a little context, Mike Barrett was your very straight-laced play-by-play guy. Mike Rice, very eccentric. He would make fun of all, like, the reeds. Just like a cranky, fun old guy talking about how expensive all the gear is for the Blazers that they're advertising on the show. Basically, on the broadcast for 12 years, a cult hero, right? But he's been gone for like three or four years now. So I post a picture of myself looking like a real dumbass, just like hands under my chin, next to the hole, trying to get my social media clout. And I look, and Mike Rice, Portland Trail Blazers analyst for years, now retired in Florida, quote tweets my picture, and he says, isn't that the course you have to hit the golf ball in the clown's mouth? (laughs) (laughs) Just properly roasts my hole-in-one just immediately. Wow. I've never had any interaction. I've never met him. I've never had any interaction with this man. He's been retired in Florida for four years, and he's like, this young mother son of a bitch trying to get an ace on Edgefield, not on my watch. And he immediately dragged me through the mud. It was my, my, my first question is this. It, is Lacey 100% on, like, you, you play golf with her, you make an ace? That's what's crazy about it, bro. <laughs> is I, 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 I have played with her at this pitch and putt three times, and twice I have made a hole-in-one. And I kid you not – the, the most surreal thing about it was my buddy Andy, who I literally play with every single weekend. He's my number one golf bro. On the previous hole, he gave me shit because I, w- I had that good drunk zone, right? We were drinking out there. I had this good, like, drinking zone where I was, like, feeling myself. The previous hole before the ace, it looked like it was going to go in from the tee box. And it, like, it's, like, the ball mark was a few inches before the hole. And he was giving me shit on the next tee box. And I dunked it. And it was the most surreal feeling in the world. I don't I don't really know what else to say about it. So so Andy expects you to make an ace. Lacey at this point expects you to make an ace. It, it, is it even – I mean, like, it's got to feel big to you. But, I mean, like, everybody else is like, yeah, it's, it's what we expect of Joe. I guess, but – at the same time, I still feel like I've made zero aces in my career. That was my next. That was my next yeah. question. That I know was my next question because After I mean, you're, you have you have this whole. My my take is this: you've got this whole experience of it. Yeah. The the whole before the shot before that almost went in. Your friend giving you shit, and then you making it, and the the whole scenario from the time before six years ago where you made one and you 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 can't decide if it's an ace or not. Then you've got this Portland Trailblazers icon who's quote tweeting you the future portland trailblazers icon joe i think it's time you just you just call it an ace i think it's time you just say this is my first ace well it's funny because so there's no way we're recording this on saturday yeah it's nine it's nine o'clock on saturday night in case uh, any of you guys are judging us there's literally 0% chance we don't talk about Mike Rice quote-tweeting me on the Blazers show tomorrow because the NBA is back. So we're obviously going to talk about this at some point. Do you, from your perspective, Nick, 
because we've played a lot of golf together. Not as much lately, but I would say we've played enough golf like earlier on in our 20s to where your opinion on my golf game still matters as much as it did eight years ago. Do you think me making an ace on a 70-yard hole and a 50-yard hole at separate times means I have made an ace in my career? Like if someone was to ask Joe Simons if we were to bar and let's say Michelle Wee came up and she's just shit-faced and she comes up to me and she says, hey, Joe Simons, is that you, Nick Heidelberger from At The Turn Pod? I love your shit. Have you ever made an ace? And I am like coughing. And you have to answer that question. Based on what I have told you, what would you say? The, the answer is yes. And here's the, oh! here's the deal. Here's the deal, Joe. I mean, I, for me, it's yes. You're the only one who can decide if you made an ace. You, like, you need to say, I'm, this is my ace and I'm claiming it. Right? And if you don't feel like claiming it, then the answer is no. But this can't be a question beyond tonight. Like, if you go to sleep tonight <laughs> and don't feel like you made an ace today, then you didn't make an ace. And if you – like, you told me this story like four or five episodes ago where your dad, he he made his tee shot on a par three, but he never considered it to be an ace because of the fact that nobody was there and he didn't consider that to be an ace, well, then he's never made an ace. And that's on him because that night when he went to sleep, he decided, I didn't make an ace. It's, you are the only person who can decide whether you made an ace or not. Now, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but in the, in the rules, in the rules of golf, <laughs> the golfer is the only person who can decide if their ball is unplayable. <laughs> so if you want to take an unplayable lie, you don't say, hey, Nick, is this ball unplayable? You don't say, hey, hey, Brian Romy, is this ball unplayable? Only you can decide if your ball is unplayable. Yes. And it could be yeah. sitting in the middle of the fairway, and you could say, it's unplayable. I'm taking an unplayable lie. And that is up to you. And I think an ace is the same thing. If you don't feel like that was truly an ace, then it wasn't. But if you feel like it was, then it was. I'll say this. The first shot that I made where I sort of had a quasi-ace at this golf course. Felt like less of an ace because I pulled it and the slope brought it back into the hole. This mm -hmm. shot, this shot was, I caught it crisp, one bounce right in. And it was exactly what I was trying to do. It was and never not going in. That's what was so weird about it, bro, was honestly, I wish you out of anyone could have been there because the previous hole, I hit it right at the flag. And then this hole... I hit it right at the – like, it was exactly what I was trying to do. And that's what, me, to me, makes it feel like an ace. It wasn't so much the, the fact that it went in. It was because it was the properly executed shot, and it did exactly what I wanted it to. It wasn't like some skull or it went off some hill. It did what I wanted it to. So this feels like more of an ace than the previous one did, even though this was shorter than the other one was. I got, I got two questions for you, and then we're going to move on. Great. Number one, it's a one-word answer. What score did you write down in your scorecard? One. Okay. And as, as we move on, do you consider it an ace, yes or no? Yes. All right. Joe made an ace. Joe made his first ace. Let's go. I did. Mike I Rice. I Mike Rice. I love it. I'm sorry. 
Oh I'm my sorry God, I love it. Congrats, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Next it time was, I see you, beer's on me. No it was doubt a wild, about it. I'll tell you what, it was it was pretty wild. <laughs> it was a fun day. It, it really was. Nick, we have fun in the PGA golf world. We got a major. What's happening? How do we have a major already? This was the longest introduction to our major championship <laughs> preview. But no, well worth it. I love it. But this this is our official PGA Championship preview. We're going to go through all of the typical major championship preview stuff. We're going to look at the course. We're going to look at the history. We're going to look at the players. We're going to talk about Brooks Kepka. We're going to have our picks to win, our dark horses, all That's that stuff. That's a lot. That's a lot of pressure, Nick. Are you ready? Are you ready for all that, Joe? I mean, I guess I have some stuff I want to talk about, but it sounds like you're more interested in talking about it with me. I mean, okay, I get it. Strongest field in golf. We don't have any amateurs. I understand why you're so excited about it. I'm excited about it because Brooks Kepka has a chance to three-peat. That's yeah. my number one storyline. That'd be pretty sweet. All right, well, let's lay that on me first. Well, Brooks Kepka is someone over the past three, four seasons whose A game is, I'm not going to say far beyond anybody else's because I think if Rory actually had his stuff together, he's a better golfer than Brooks Kepka. But... I don't really think there is an argument to make that someone is more likely to win this tournament than Brooks Kepka. I don't so know you what think Brooks Kepka is the most likely person to win this tournament. He is the only overwhelming favorite. Now okay. we are Love we it. are we are recording this on a Saturday night, and the FedEx St. Jude Classic has not concluded, which Brooks won in twenty nineteen. He is still in contention for, as of the recording of this broadcast. I think he is very much fighting his game. But I also think Brooks has this weird sort of effect where I don't think it's fair to say it's Tiger-like. But at the same time, I have not seen someone dominate big events in the same way Brooks has since Tiger. If Brooks, if Brooks came out to Harding Park and won by six shots, wouldn't that ultimately be the least surprising result of any result you could possibly have in the PGA Championship and him getting the three-peat? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, technically, yes. Technically, what? He's, he's the two-time defending champ. Um... So, yeah, him winning again would be less surprising than anybody else winning again, per se. But if you're taking him against the field, I'm going to take the field in this one. But um, did you hear what he said? Did you hear, like, the the, Tell me. the, the quick exchange he had with a uh, reporter earlier in the week before this uh, FedEx WGC stuff teed off? Tell me. Brooks was asked the question, um, Brooks, you've always been one of the more confident guys going into majors. With the recent struggles, do you still carry that mindset? 
and all Brooks said was, I'm defending, aren't I? And the guy said, yeah. And Brooks said, okay, just checking. Yeah. What? Hey, Nick. What else do you need to know? Exactly. Any more exactly. questions? Exactly. No. 100% love it. This is what I want from Brooks. He's like, look, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't not won this tournament since 2017. Why would I not think I'm going to come in and win it again? Um, and that's, that's all that matters. And he did shoot 62 in the first round of the FedEx. He clearly has the game. Maybe the putter is hot. Maybe it's not. You know, it kind of depends day to the day. But he certainly is playing well enough to win this thing. So, PGA Championship, something I thought of, because they rearranged the major schedule recently, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. In, 28, in 2018, this was the last major, Glory's last shot, last major of the season. 2019 came in May. Oh, we're going to put the PGA in May. This is where it's going to be. It's going to be this gorgeous sweet spot. Can't wait. Brooks won it. Second major of the year. So you got 2018, it was the final major of the year, Glory's last shot. Second major of the year in 2019. 2020, first major of the year. Hey, Nick, can you get your championship together? What, what, is, what is happening with your championship? Sorry, Joe. You want to tell me uh, what number the Masters comes in, in 2020 as, a, as opposed to 2019? I mean, if you want to say the PGA can't get in order, then maybe the Masters can, can, can lead by example. I'm sorry. Are you trying to tell me that the Masters is not the most important no, golf tournament? No, I'm the year? saying there's a global pandemic, and every golf tournament is wow. suffering the effects. So if you want to act like the PGA Championship is the only victim of the coronavirus, and you don't want to place any light on the Corona on the, the Masters, then uh, that would be sorely mistaken. So I just the love PGA you. Championship is being played when they can play it, and who cares what order it comes in? It's a major. It's one of the four. Whether you think it's the fourth or the first of the four, it's the one that guys are going to be judged by overall when their careers are analyzed. I just love the fact that you are so vehemently in favor of the PGA Championship. Can you – wait a minute. Can we can we get our quick, Nick, 30 seconds about why it's the most important major of the year? I want to hear it. Well, it's, the, it's certainly not the most important major. The most important major oh, is the no. Masters. But the strongest field in golf, the only all-professional field in golf, the only tournament that's got – at one point, there were 97 of the top 100 golfers in the world signed up to play this tournament. The Masters doesn't even have 100 guys. They've got like 50-something, and a dozen of those are freaking amateurs. So you don't have to count them. So you got – 30-something guys you got to beat to win the Masters. Uh, yeah. Nick, can I ask you a question? Please. If if I was to give you the option mm-hmm. of, winning, of, of, of winning the 2021 PGA Championship or the 2021 Masters, what would you pick? Well, the Masters only because I want to play Augusta. Yeah, yeah, you win that tournament, you get to play that beautiful golf course. But you can invite your dad to come out there. Like, I would love the fact, like, if I win the Masters, I can invite Bobby Simons Jr. Hey, Bobby, you want to shoot a 120 in Augusta? Let's go, brother. This is going to be a great time. 
I can't wait. All right. I feel like we've been doing this podcast for 45 minutes and we've done no PGA Championship preview. None. Literally zero. Well, we did we did mention Brooks Kepka, so I guess technically that, that counts. But, Joe, let me educate you just a little bit on TPC Harding Park. Great. Um, I Where heard the words TPC Harding Park. It's in San Francisco. I figured it was like the sister of TPC Sawgrass, some exclusive course where nobody can get on to play, owned by the PGA Tour. That is, in fact, not the case. TPC Harding Park is a municipal golf course run by the city of San Francisco. If the uh, the locals there who have a San Francisco resident pass can play for 56 bucks anytime they want. If it's a twilight round, they can play for 40, 43 bucks. Get you on a twilight round, a San Francisco resident at TPC Harding Park. Yeah, no I doubt. Can't, I can't do that for bullshit golf courses in the city of Portland, and they are trash out here. Are you kidding me? No joke, Joe. No wow. freaking joke. So for the PGA Championship, we're playing at a par 70, 7,234 yards. Uh, two of the par fives that you and I play have been converted to par fours for the professionals like Brooks <laughs> and Patrick Reed. So it's playing just at a par of 70 instead of, instead of a par of 72. Uh, the back nine is where a lot of the scoring opportunities are. One par five on the front, number four, a 670, uh, I'm sorry, 607 yard par five. The only par five on the front, so that's that's going to be a little bit tough. Uh, the seventh hole is a 340 yard par four, so potentially one uh, gettable hole on the front nine. The back, you've got a 560 par five, which is uh, pretty straight, pretty gettable. A 400-yard par 4 and a 336-yard par 4 on number 16. So a couple uh, scorable holes there on the back. And the closing hole, the 18th, Joe, looks a lot like the 18th at TPC Sawgrass. The lake, Lake Merced, cuts right into the fairway. So you kind of risk-reward how much you want to take off, how far you want to hit your drive, how much of that lake you want to take on. All right. Yeah. Sounds sounds good good to you? Yeah, yeah it, sounds, it sounds like a golf course. It's a know? typical golf course on the PGA Tour. Expect narrow fairways, lots of tree-lined uh, fairways. You know, if you miss too far left to right, you're going to be in the trees. Uh, you're going to want to be in the short grass, thick rough, long holes, th- the same hole you see every week. So I will add this. This is a golf course where some big events have been played in this century. Oh, yeah. um, the WGC... If you like the President's Cup, then there's definitely been some big events there. Yeah. So, WGC American Express Championship back in 2005, which, I mean, that's a different Tiger Woods, but he won it back in 05. 09 President's Cup was held there, and the 2015 WGC Cadillac match play won by Rory McIlroy, who has been abysmal since the restart. He has been trash since the restart. The working theory about that is that Rory needs fans to play well. I think that is the dumbest theory ever, and none of us know what's going on with Rory. He could be having a personal problem. Maybe his swing's just out of whack. I hate the fact that we just assume, oh, Rory hasn't played well in six weeks, so he must not be feeling no fans being there. Maybe literally anything else is going on with Rory. Why do we just assume that it's like coincidental as the fans? That's so dumb. Anyway, well, Joe, I got I got a couple of things. Please. Um, my goal between today and the and the start of the tournament on Thursday is to somewhere, hopefully on YouTube, 
find that 2005 WGC um, <laughs> event because Tiger beat John Daly in a freaking playoff, which oh my god, I would love to watch. Can you imagine Tiger and John Daly? Skittle. Seriously. Yes. So I got I, I I gotta find that. I gotta find that. The 2009 Presidents Cup was also played there, and if you've ever seen Tiger Woods with that twirl where he holds both hands out to the side and is walking up the fairway like a freaking zombie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That happened at TPC Harding Park. Nick, I'm going to need you to exercise all of your golf podcast abilities here. Before before we get into our dark horse, our contenders, and our winners, I'm going to run out for... I'm going to say 75 seconds. Do you have it in you to talk about Precision Pro install? I know you do. I, know, I can see it in your eyes. I know you do. Of course. Get I... it. I'm leaving. It's time to get yourself a laser range finder and look no further than PrecisionProGolf.com. The NX9 Slope is back and it's better than ever. The NX9 Slope delivers accurate measurements in less than half a second onto its crystal clear LCD screen. You can easily read the slope and non-slope measurements on the NX9's wider and brighter display. The NX9 Slope is made tournament legal by simple press of the button to turn off the slope function. Keep it within easy reach before every swing using the popular embedded magnetic cart mount. Free lifetime battery replacement services are included with the purchase as part of the industry-leading precision care package. Use promo code TURN10, that's T-U-R-N-1-0, to save $10 at checkout on the NX9 Slope or any Precision Pro Laser Rangefinder. All right, Nicholas, I have some thoughts on who's going to win the PGA Championship. <laughs> Can I be honest? I don't think there's literally any chance that we pick the same winner for this golf tournament. So for those of you who aren't familiar, traditionally what we do is Nick and I both pick a dark horse, a contender, and who we think is going to win the PGA Championship, and or, the major. Nick, what what year was it that so, we actually? Are you clarifying to our fans that the PTA championship is in fact a major? I don't think it's an irrelevant point to make. Wasn't there a year that we got the first two or three majors right? That I'm, that happened. Didn't it? You know what? I can't confirm or deny, but I'm pretty sure we've gotten every single one of these right. <laughs> okay, um, so I have my dark horse. Do you have a dark horse? Absolutely. Okay, so first of all. The big story going into this golf tournament is Brooks Koepka is going for three straight PGA championships, which would be remarkable if he could do that. And, you know, we're not recording this on a Sunday. He could have won the FedEx St. Jude Classic and be the overwhelming favorite going into this golf tournament. But right now he is a moderate favorite. I'm going to start with my dark horse, though, Nicholas. This is a man who doesn't win a lot. He does not win a lot. But he's always around the top of the leaderboard. And he's had a really solid restart. He's looked really good. He's had a couple of top 10 finishes. He finished eighth at the Memorial. He finished T3 at the 3M Open. He is 40 to one, which I think is a rock solid bargain. Tony Finau is my dark horse to win. <laughs> I mean, no chance. No. I mean, he's a good, he, he is a good dark horse. Um, 
if I had to put him in the top ten, I would for sure take yeah. that bet. I mean, sure. he is so consistent, but Joe, he just doesn't win. I mean, for he's not a dog. He, bottom line, at the end of the day, he just doesn't win. But I mean, like, yeah. look, if you if you think he's for sure gonna finish in the top ten, and you're willing to take a one in ten chance at that spot, that one out of those ten spots that he's gonna finish is one, mm-hmm. sure. For sure. I mean, not bad value um, at 40 to 1, for sure. But, like, do I expect him to win? No. Good dark horse pick, though. Do you have a dark horse? I do. Uh, this guy, significantly better value than your guy. And I think everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast is like, oh, yeah, that guy is way more likely to win than Tony Fina. That is. Colin Morikawa, Joe. Oh, bullshit. I mean, we already know he's 100% guaranteed to make the cut. We already know he's like 95% guaranteed to finish in the top 20. We already know he can win on the PGA Tour. He's not afraid to do it. He's not afraid of anything. He can play any golf course. He went to school at Cal. He's from the Bay Area. He can get it done. No question. The best dark horse, Colin Morikawa, I got a plus 6,500. Those are really good odds, but we're not playing the Honda Classic. This isn't some John Deere Classic bullshit. Are you kidding me with Colin Morikawa? Give me a break. If you don't think Colin Morikawa is going to be a two, three, four-time major winner, then then do not put your money on him. But if, if you're sitting there at home thinking like, you've, I've watched Colin for the last year, 12, 14, 18 months, he's definitely going to win some majors. This is the first major he's going to win. What better first major for the Cal golfer to win than the Northern California oh, I see. TPC Harding Park? I mean, what better first major for him to win? No, for, for sure. I think that's fair. NorCal kid happening at Harding Park, San Francisco. Um, you know, look, this isn't some bullshit PGA Tour event. This is the PGA Championship, baby. We're trying to win majors oh, right now, oh, okay? Now, all of a sudden, you're you're classifying above some bullshit PGA Tour event? I mean, this is, that's yeah. the most respect you've ever given the PGA that's Championship. That's literally where the PGA Championship sits. Okay. One tiny rung above Not the Junior Classic. Not some bullshit PGA that's Tour where it event. Hangs good. Out. Hey, it's progress. All right. I think, I think Morikawa was a good pick, though. I'm with you there. My contender, I'm going out on a limb. I'm picking the two-time defending champion, Brooks Kepka at 12 to one <laughs> as is a my contender. contender to win the PGA championship. I mean, for you to make any sort of wager in the PGA championship and not have Brooks Kepka be a part of it is bonkers. He is just the most likely person to win major championships over the past three years. I don't really know what else we can say about it, Nick. He is the favorite of every single major. The FedEx St. Jude Classic proves it so well. This is a guy, and again, we're recording this on Saturday. He could have won. He could have lost by seven shots. This is a tournament that going into, Brooks Kepka didn't have his swing, didn't know what he was doing. I was watching the third round, and he was three over through seven holes. He was seven shots back. And then he just rips off four straight birdies, and all of a sudden is right back in the tournament. There is no more dangerous player on the PGA Tour than Brooks Kepka. If there is someone who is nine shots back, 
I don't know who else I would rather have in a golf tournament. This is the sort of position Tiger was in early in his career, where you could have a player who seemed completely out of a golf tournament, and out of nowhere, he could make five, six, seven straight birdies and run people down. Brooks is the most dangerous golfer on the PGA Tour. He's won this tournament twice in a row. He has this weird super bro mentality where he doesn't give a shit about PGA Tour golf until we all decide it's the most important PGA Tour event. Then all of a sudden he does, and he cares. He is going to go into this tournament as a two-time defending champion. He is going to slap his dick on the table, and he's going to tell people that he is the one that is going to defend this tournament. Brooks at 12 to 1 is a steal as a contender. Absolute steal. Surprised you had him in your contender slot. Does the fact that he's won this tournament the last two times validate the PGA Championship as a legitimate major in your opinion? No. It just validates it. <laughs> no. It just validates it as. Even Brooks Kepka winning this tournament twice in a row doesn't make it a major in your mind. Well, it's it's a major, but what validates it in my mind is if you remember in 2018 when Brooks first won this tournament, who was chasing him down? Do you remember? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was two shots back of him chasing him down the whole way. And I can't remember the golf course. God bless me. I'm sorry, folks. But Tiger Woods was chasing him down the whole way. Oh, it was, that, it was in St. Louis. Correct. And that's what Bellary. kept Brooks... Valerie, correct. And that's what kept Brooks motivated. And he kept hitting shot after shot after shot. And Tiger played a great final round. And Brooks found a way to get it done. In 2019, it was at Bethpage. And Brooks had a big lead. And he almost coughed it up to DJ. But he found a way to get it done. I'm not saying Brooks is going to win at Harding Park. But I guarantee you Brooks will be a part of the story at some point. And you're crazy if you think 12 to one is bad odds for him, because yeah. you could wake up on Saturday morning and Brooks could have a five shot lead and literally no one would be surprised. No. I mean, I think Brooks is, is obviously he's, he's a great pick to win this thing. He's won the last two times. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm letting you get away with him as a sleeper pick, uh, but I contender. will yeah, contender, contender, not sleeper, whatever contender. you want, whatever you want to call it. He should be your top pick. If you're going to go with Brooks, I made an ace today. Yeah, I'm going to let it slide. I am going to let it slide. But I I saw a recent interview with Brooks. That he, he basically just admitted that, like, look, if I need to black out for nine holes at a major to, like, get myself back into contention, that's what I'm going to do. Stop. And he just freaking blacks out, maybe plays nine holes, like 500, gets himself where he needs to be. And that's, and, and, and that's what he does. Um, his play has backed up that talk whatever that nonsense sounds like like you and i could say that and never in a million years back it up but he's got four majors so who am i to argue with him um yeah clearly great pick i don't care what he's done before i don't care what he's done after if it's a major and brooks kepka is playing he's certainly in my top three to win the event um what do you got a guy that nobody listening to this podcast has as their contender to win I've got a guy who is teeing it up with a chance, Joe. 
If this is my winner, I'm going to be so I, – I have a great sleeper winner. If this it, is it my winner, be. I'm going to be oh, so pissed be. off. It you. Might be. I just seeing how pissed off you might be, I think it might be. A guy with a chance to win the career Grand Slam, Jordan Spieth. No. Okay. Whew. Jordan Spieth. Look. Tell me. He's oh, – Joe, come on. He's plus 2,000. Jordan Spieth has won the other three majors. He can get it done. He is – for the last four years, since he has been not winning majors, he has been one aspect of his game being really good, short of winning consistently on a regular basis on the PGA Tour. If Jordan Spieth... Game. Oh. <laughs> keep going. Great. Keep, keep, he keep will going. recap this no. in like seven days, so don't worry about it. All he need, I mean, he hits fairways, he hits it long enough, to get himself into control. If he can get that putter rolling, Jordan Spieth, a plus 2,000, absolutely love it. You don't you don't believe a word you're saying right now. Bullshit, I don't. <laughs> Are you, would you put real hard-earned American dollars on Jordan Spieth to win a major right now? Yes. Oh, God, stop it. You don't believe so, what you're saying. Why would I not? Why would Jordan I not Spieth? put... I would I'd put twenty five bucks on Jordan Spieth maybe the Masters the Championship right now. I maybe. absolutely would, Joe. All it would take is one aspect of his game falling into place for him to win this tournament. I have no concerns about him protecting a lead going into Sunday, as I would John Rahm, Justin Thomas, any other guy who has been shaky getting it done. Like Tony Finau, if he had a two-stroke lead going into Sunday, would you feel confident? No, Probably not. That's why he's you my would dark not. horse. If Jordan Spieth had a two-stroke lead going into Sunday, I'd be like, he's playing well. He's got it. He's won majors before. He's got this. If Jordan Spieth had a two-stroke lead going into literally any major, I would. the first thing I would do is look at the odds of who's playing his group and be like, well... Brandon Todd. That, that's pretty tasty. Let me, let me check Todd that out. Have- Brendan Todd might actually win this thing. Okay, here you go. We've talked about our dark horses, our contenders. Nick, this is an incredible value. And, folks, if by the time you're listening to this, you can't get this, I'm sorry. Because I have put my child's future on it. Nick and Ashley, I don't know if I've told you guys, but I have siphoned money out of your accounts. And I've put all the money your unborn child's a cat, you know. It's not in there. No, no, no. This is this is where it is. It's it's okay. going all to this young man. Mm. Twenty-eight to one. Twenty-eight to one is my winner. Mm. That is, is it Ben on? That is a tasty number. No, Ben on can't do shit making putts. But this is a tasty number. The twenty twelve U.S. Open winner won the. I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Good luck. Won the Players' Championship by four strokes. No, you, this is you have my winner. This is bullshit. Number four in you the have, world. This is bullshit. You have you my winner. You won it, man. Late June. This is the guy I have winning. Don't say Play it. Play the music, folks. It is Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson is the winner of this tournament. Is that who you have too? Yes. Yeah. I'm not even. I'm not even shitting you. That is the guy I picked to win this tournament. What other conclusion can anyone come to? He there is not. Well, since the restart, he won at Hilton Head. He's number four in the world. He creeps up 
randomly and wins but giant tournaments. Webb is so funny because he wins tournaments. He only has seven PGA Tour wins, but he won the players by four shots. He had an eight-shot lead after 54 holes of the players and just basically would like took a dump for the final 18 and still won by four. He is the rare player. I would almost argue at this point, Webb is the most underrated player of the last 10, 15 years. Right? For sure. He's won well, a major. He won the he, players. And he's the he's number. He's been in every Ryder Cup, every President's Cup. Yes. I could be wrong about that, but I'm, I'm pretty positive he's been in. He's pretty damn close. Every single he's one of those. Nick, he's the Joe. number four player in the world right now, and he's 28 to one. That's how much respect he gets. Joe. Imagine if Rory was the number you, four player in the world. I'm going to tell you why he's going to win. And everything you said is great. It, it is great. But to win a major, we all know you need to hit fairways, you need to hit greens, you need to make putts. Well, guess what? My boy Webb, he is the eighth best player in the world at getting the ball close to the hole. We all know he hits a lot of fairways. He doesn't hit a ton of drivers. He keeps it controlled. He just puts his ball in the fairway. His proximity to the hole is the eighth best in the world world that's let me a big ask place. you this though the world is a big place joe the world is a big place only seven guys in that whole place hit it closer to the hole than webb simpson and how do you win majors you hit it closer to the hole and you make your goddamn pots when you when you watch webb simpson swing a golf club do you feel like he's gonna win majors I that feel swing like, is janky it's a janky when I, swing when i watch webb simpson Swing a golf club, I feel like I could whip majors because like my swing's got to yeah. something like that. I mean, He's like it relatable. gives me, it makes me want to go like not change my swing. He's a relatable superstar, and God bless him for sure. So this Who is your winner, one hundred percent. You have Webb Simpson as your winner too. I have it written down, literally Webb Simpson plus five thousand winner. That's in you my have plus. You have a fifty to one. Yeah. Holy shit, folks. If you're listening to At The Turn right now, please, Webb Simpson is your winner. So let's recap. What do you have again for your dark horse contender and winner? I got Colin Morikawa for my dark horse. I got Jordan Spieth for my contender. And I got Webb Simpson for my winner. Folks, I got Tony Finau at 41 and on my dark horse. Brooks Kepka at 12 to 1 is my contender. And Webb Simpson somewhere between 28 and 50 to 1. As your winner, but Joe, I mean, hold on, hold on, hold, hold, it's hold insane. On. He's number four in the world. I know that's nuts, Joe. There's one more category that you probably didn't prepare for. Tell I'm me. Just gonna, I'm just gonna throw at you. I'm ready. Low club, low club pro. Give me West Short. Marty Jertsen. No, West Short. Every goddamn time, it's West Short. Who the hell is West Short? Is he even Short. in the field? Yes. If he's not, he should be. <laughs> nope. Low club pro, Marty Jertson. Marty Jertson is – you think of a club pro, you think of a guy who like – I don't takes, think about club pros. None takes of Takes your greens fee at the club when you're going out there to play with your bros. No, Joe, stop it. Bullshit. Marty Jertson is going to be the only one out of these 150 guys – who's playing clubs in his bag that he designed. Marty Jertson is an engineer for Ping. He's a PGA club professional. He made the cut recently, PGA championship. 
won a shitload of money last year at Beth Page. He has the confidence. He's got the experience. He's got the clubs that he designed. He is the Bryson DeChambeau of club professionals in this event. That's the one thing I'll give you is it sucks when I see, oh, Victor Hovland finishes T9 at the Masters as an amateur. He could have won $227,000, but he's an amateur. That's the one thing I like about the PGA is these club pros who grind and are, you know, if they probably dedicated their whole lives to it, they could be borderline corn fairy tour players and like PGA tour players. And this is like their one chance a year where they can tee it up. And if they get hot and they shoot like 67, 68, they can make like a hundred grand. I think that's really cool. Like that is legitimately a cool aspect of the PGA championship. That's all I have for you. That's, that's like, that's That's like the thing I can tell you. Right. That's it. But isn't that it? Isn't that the part of it is like, it's an all professional field. Like, sure. But what's yeah, better? These guys who you've never heard of, there's going to be, there's 20 of them teeing it up. There's going to be four or five who make the cut. And, and there's going to be two or three who make a six figure check. But why do I give a shit about that? <laughs> As a viewer, honestly, like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but why do I care about that? I mean, I don't know why you care, Joe, but I, I, I sure as shit. For sure, when I'm seeing it up on Sunday, when I when I when I turn this on, and like I see that some club pro is in the top thirty and like stands to make two hundred thousand dollars, I'm like, that's fucking sweet, dude. Like I, when I go to my course to play my green speed, like that's the guy taking my cash. Like this dude is playing in this tournament that I'm watching on TV. No, no, no. no. I, I care. No, there's no way the guy that you're going to at your golf course is finishing. T13 at the PGA Championship. Is he? Yes. There, there, there literally is. Are you being... Are, wait, are, are you bullshitting me or are you being serious? No, I'm being serious. I mean, not not my specific golf course, but like... Yes, I know. That's what I'm asking you. No. At your golf course. But I'm just saying the fact that, like, when you're... Everyone's begging for these Joes versus pros, like... You know, is the pro, how, how good is a PGA professional, whatever. So like, much better. <laughs> they are so much better. You don't think it's interesting when, like, in the leaderboard of the top 30, there's some guy you've never heard of. There's parentheses by his name that says no. club professional. There's and a I'll big th- six-figure dollar amount next to his name. And it's like, holy shit, like, this guy who's... No freaking giving lessons and ladies night on Tuesday nights at the freaking range is, is about to collect $234,000. And I'll tell you why for a couple of reasons. When you get to the U S open, there is usually, and what's cool about the U S open is usually you have one or two people sprinkled without the top 15 that you have no idea who they are. Either they're a big amateur player who somehow qualified for the U S open or they're a pro who you haven't heard of forever, but they somehow qualified for the U.S. Open. I don't think I've ever seen a PGA professional seriously compete for the PGA Championship. And while it is super cool that you can get a PGA professional who can finish in the top 20 and make a serious paycheck, as a viewer, what I am more concerned with 
is someone who can finish in the top 10, top 5, and like, holy shit, is this PGA professional actually going to compete for the title? Whereas in the U.S. Open, you have someone like Ricky Barnes, is really the last person I can think of, who had a strong amateur career and actually competes in the Masters in the U.S. Open. And while you can sit there and say the PGA Championship is the strongest field in golf, you have these other majors where you have these amateurs who are 20, 21, 22, who maybe are not at the peak of their game, and maybe in some cases are like a Ricky Barnes. They actually can finish in the top five in a tournament and actually compete for the championship. Whereas in the PGA, I don't think you're ever going to have a PGA professional who is going to randomly wake up and shoot 63, 64, 65 and find himself on Sunday in the final group with Brooks Kepka going for a major championship. They can sneak no, in there. You're, you're definitely right. They're, they're never going to win. They're never going to be in the final group, but you could get the guy who has four rounds right around 70 and, and finishes six to 10 under par and is within four or five shots and finishes in the top 10 to 20 and, and cashes a bigger check than any of their colleagues make within a five year span. But I guess my point is Nick, you don't give a shit about that, which is fine. No, that's fine. It's, it's not that Joe Simons personally doesn't give a shit about that. It's just from a golf perspective and what is more impressive. Like, would you rather finish top three in the U.S. Open as an amateur or cash 175 grand in the PGA Championship finish T17? Like, there's arguments oh, no. to make for both. What? No, there's not. Really? Yeah, there's, there's definitely no argument to be made to cash a $0 check for finishing not first in the U.S. Open than there is cashing a $175,000 check for cashing in the top 10 of the PGA Championship. See, this is the classic you wanting to make a birdie because it's two strokes better than a bogey argument, and I'm never going to see eye to eye to you on that. Okay. Well, I hope you're giving me two strokes in that hole because otherwise I'm going to fucking beat your ass every time. I'm sure I will. But at the end of the day, Nick, the important thing is <laughs> somehow at the end of this discussion, we both think Webb Simpson is the pick to win the PGA Championship at Harding Park. And I don't think I've even mentioned when he won the 2012 U.S. Open, where did he win it? At Olympic Club in San Francisco. He's got good vibes as a major championship it's, out there already. You can see it from Harding Park. It's right across Lake Merced from from uh, TPC Harding Park. What are you, a NorCal bro? How do you know all this shit? What's going I on over there? I just know, Joe. Stop asking me questions. I just know. All right. So there you go. Nick, once again, I'm going to recap my top three. So I got Finau at 40-1 to as my dark horse. I got Kepka as my contender at 12-1, to really going on a limb with the two-time defending champion. And I got Simpson at 28 to 1, number four in the world, 2012 winner at the Olympic Club in San Francisco. I really would be surprised if Webb does not finish in the top five. Like, even if you don't want him to win, I would be shocked. If, because, I mean, I didn't see where he finished, but he won at Hilton Head. He's playing again this week well at Memphis. I really think Webb is a reliable pick as a top 10 winner. It's just so solid. And, and he is. Majors require, you can't have these. Dustin Johnsons who are either 
winning by five or missing the cut. You need guys who are solid week in, week out. Yep. Webb is so solid. I got Webb winning. I've got Jordan Spieth as my contender looking for Ugh. the career grand slam. And I've got Colin Morikawa getting his first of many, 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 many <laughs> majors near where he went to college at Cal. Uh, those are my three picks. Joe, that's all I got for this PGA Championship preview. There it is. That's the PGA Championship. The first major of the championship season happening in early August. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of At The Turn. Nick and I hope to join you on Sunday after the PGA Championship. Nick, I am at the mercy of these Galdarn Portland Trailblazers, so we're going to have to text about it. They're they're playing lots of games. It's 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 going to be a lot, but we'll, we'll get, get some majors away. in. No worries. We'll figure it out. Anyway, good luck, Webb Simpson. He is our guaranteed. This is the only consensus we've ever had on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, we never even we never even uh, talked about this beforehand. So no. it's it's clearly nobody else except for Webb has Webb. a chance to win this tournament. Precision Pro use promo code. What is it? Turn ten. Turn ten. Use that promo code. Enjoy the PGA Championship. We're playing major championship golf. I made a hole in one. We love you so much. Goodbye. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at the turn.